welcome to episode 133, season 6, episode 21 of the Academically Ineligible Podcast. I am Andy, not joined across town by Andrew because he is out bowling, which seems incredibly safe in this time of uh, Omicron or Omicron or whatever we want to call it, COVID. And whatever. with the kid on Sunday, it was uh, fine. I and mean, we, we had to wear masks in there, but it's whatever. And mm-hmm. To like piggyback off the 133 is in bowling is 133 good or bad? Bad. Well, well yeah. It's well, may, well, well, for me, may, it's good. Well, yeah. May he uh, bowl less than that. So a perfect. No, score you want to bowl more. Is, yeah, that. a perfect score in bowling is 300. So that's what you want to. Hey, how do you how do you remember that it is 300? Because I, 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 can, I can tell you how I remember that 300 is the one guy who bowled a perfect game on 9-11. He, I remember seeing a picture. It's like dated 9-11. I think there's actually a TV in the background where you can see the, you know, New York City on fire. Oh, wow. But it, but his his little thing says, I've you know, bowled a perfect score, 300. Wow. That's a, he carried that on for however long he was still alive. Maybe he still is alive. I don't know. Well, on that note, um, that voice you heard there. Uh, I'm Mike. Is, yeah, that's Mike. Uh, and then we've also got Tom here. So we're, I'm here. I'm not bowling. Not bowling. Sorry. Uh, I would be if I could. But Yeah, I, I think I've only bowled like 10 or 15 times in my life. Uh, What's your high it? score, Mike? One, I never really kept up. But it, yeah, 133 probably... Probably sense about right. How many how many rounds or what are they called? Rounds or there are ten frames. Frames. And <laughs> although the last one you get uh three you can do you can bowl a total of three times in the last frame, depending if you get a spare That's strikes. And like for the frames it's like two go rounds unless you get a strike, right? Yes. So it's like you get two chances to get them all. Correct. Yeah, my guess is at best like five or six pins per frame, and then however many frames that was that fifty or sixty. So That'd if be, you get maybe a little is, better than that, this is I'm probably a dumb question. Up. So if I get five pins, mm-hmm. the first first part of the frame, right, and then sure. I get a spare, is that yep. the same amount of points as a strike? No. Okay. Did not know that. But I kind of assumed it. How much less? Also, interesting. It? Interestingly enough, I think, um, and I don't know how it works if strikes are the same way. But I know for spares, it's definitely the case. You don't. The amount of points you get for your spare depends on what you, how many pins you get, the next frame. Oh. Like you'll notice if you get a spare on a frame, they won't update the your your score until the next uh, the next. Yeah, time. I kind of know that's true. Isn't there like a slash for the mm-hmm. second for the spare, yeah. frame? Yep. We are now a bowling podcast. Glad, yeah, I was going to say, glad I can learn y'all on uh, yeah. <laughs> bowling. Today. Fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. Uh, uh, anyway, so uh, welcome. Bowling. Uh, Virtual uh, bowling. Welcome to bowling down here or something like that. I don't know. Speaking of bowling. Mm-hmm. Speaking of bowling, yeah, we are going to review the bowls. We're not going to talk about the polls, but we are going to talk about the bowls. Great segue, guys. I'm proud of you. Look at that. 
We didn't even plan that. Uh, first, uh, I, I can't remember the last podcast was, uh, I believe, right around a month ago. It I can't was a remember. while ago. I can't I, remember. I, I, like, I literally don't remember actually doing this thing. Ever? or just... Yeah, ever. Okay. It's like, you, you, you text it out. It's like, oh, yeah, we're, we're doing this. It's like, doing what? Um, so there were some coaches that made some moves and I can't remember which one of these happened. So we're just going to pretend that they both happened afterwards. They did both happen. Well, they both happened before we recorded last time. Before? I think. I I know Brian Kelly did because I know we made fun of his accent in the last podcast. Oh, did we talk about his family? Yeah. Family. But today Uh, we can talk about how last night he decided (laughs) to say that, uh, Bostonians don't have a very strong accent. Yeah, I, I yeah. love I love that he actually did that like in between two different Kansas State uh, touchdowns. He was like, "Oh boy," <laughs> or something. <laughs> was he coaching that game? I'm assuming not. No, no, no. no. I think he he was in the booth watching his own team like lose by like 35 points. That team is gonna be a mess next year. Yeah. Yep, it's gonna be great. Uh, I also, I, I can't remember if the other one was out there. Probably was if they both happened around the same time. So Dan Lanning, uh, George's defensive coordinator is going to Oregon and, uh, yeah. So that's happening after this game on Monday. So not sure if there were any other notable, uh, coaching um, hirings and firings. Uh, that was what I remember. Yeah, yeah. Well, you have the, is it official? The DJ Dirk? Well, it's not head coach. I'm sorry. That's a, Defensive coordinator. Yeah, if it we talked official. about assistance, pretty we'd, sure it's official. We'd be on yeah. here for a while. Uh, Marcus Freeman at Notre Dame that happened, uh, but I think that that was probably in place when. Uh, yes. Uh, last Once time. Brian Kelly left, I'm pretty sure they announced it pretty quickly after that. It was the same weekend. Like that I feel weekend. like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember what else. Uh, I mean, Venables went to uh, Oklahoma, uh, so that happened. Uh, Tony Elliott uh, left Quack. as well. Okay, I was going to say, like, after Venables got hired, it's like half of Oklahoma's gone to the transfer portal. And half yep. of Clemson's assistants went to Oklahoma with Venables. <laughs> and ha- half of your uh, graduate assistants got bumped up to coaches, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Hiring Funny. from within. What could go wrong? Yeah. Um, I mean, it could go right. You never know, but uh, it, I don't know. Interesting. Were were they were they actually grad assistants or like analysts, like defensive? They were analysts. analysts. Oh, I will uh, say the the. I mean, um, Wes Goodwin, or I think that's his name, the guy that replaced uh, Venables looked good. The defense looked good against Iowa State. I mean, I have no idea how good Iowa State's offense is, but the defense looked good. Yeah, I. If if uh, Todd Munkin ever leaves, well, when he leaves UGA, I I I've been expecting them to promote uh, offensive coordinator Buster Faulkner to be OC because he was another air raid guy. I think he he might have been at SMU or something, but he came I think with Munkin, so he seems like the logical next step. So in that case, I I feel like it would make sense to promote him, but who knows? He was at OC before as well. Um, anyway. Let's talk about the semi-notable bowl games. There were 40-something of them, of which Danny Knell says that there can be no debate. There's too many bowl games. Um, I I will agree with him that there are a lot of bowl games and that 
uh, most of them really don't matter. I'll say that uh, it's great for these kids that get a chance to go to a bowl game. And, Would you uh, say the only ones that mattered, like, only featured on, like, coaches getting dunked with food items? That was pretty much when it started. When the game started to matter was around that time. Uh, the first 30-ish uh, bowl games don't really matter too much. Uh, that doesn't mean that I didn't watch a lot of them, but um, I have a sickness, so uh, yes, not, not everyone is like me. Um, and I, I will admit that. Also, I realize that I've seen these numbers that these lower uh, bowl games get, and they blow most everything else out of the water that ESPN puts on there. So there's a reason why they're why they oh, keep yeah, on creating. Yeah. I them. mean, they don't they're not doing it for people to go to those games. They're doing it so they put some things on TV. Yeah, they're they're each getting like uh, six million uh, viewers for like a shit tier bowl game, basically, yeah. which is uh, is a substantial amount of viewers for ESPN. Uh, anyway, let's talk about the, uh, the notable, uh, bowl game. So starting on the 29th of December, we had the cheese at bowl Clemson versus Iowa state and, uh, Clemson pulled it out 2013. We did it. We did it. Proud of us. Stop the season. Know it happened. Didn't know it happened until, uh, I saw a picture of Dabo with, uh, the cheese. It's like orange jumpsuit. Oh, I thought you were going to say dunked on him. Oh, I didn't, I didn't even see that. I, I saw him in the, the orange jumpsuit, and <laughs> looked God. like he was kissing the ring of, like, Mayor Cheez-It. Listen, that, was, I don't know. They, all I know is they had a Gatorade cooler full of Cheez-Its, and they dumped it on him after the game. That uh, orange jumpsuit looked like he was doing community service, Tom. Yes. Yeah. Oh, no, no, I agree. He totally looked like an inmate. <laughs> God, it looked like he was having to do some weekend time out there. He's such a uh, gump. I mean, Ugh. I would put him in community service. Maybe, maybe he would, uh, you know, learn to use the transfer portal finally. Uh, another Discord that I'm on. Apparently, they're they're in on a um, offensive oh, lineman transfer. Yeah, we finally offered yeah the transfer portal. I'm yeah, sorry. from from Louisiana Lafayette. Yes. <laughs> Y'all going out there and getting a transfer from a G five is like well, he first also, notable he has offers ones. from like Auburn and uh, Florida, I think. So, all right, um, it's just I don't know. It's just funny yeah. that they're finally getting the transfer game, and it's Louisiana Lafayette. Yeah, I know, right? Mm. I mean, I'm not denying that you guys probably need help at offensive line, but still, yes, uh, yes. Anyway, all right. Anything else on this before we go into the the O Bowl? Uh, defense looked great. Offense looked terrible. So typical 2021 Clemson. I was going to say, that sounds like your encapsulation of the year. Yep. Yep. All right. Your Alamo Bowl. We had the Battle of the OUs, I guess. Um, oh, Oklahoma. Oh, before we move on, I totally forgot. There was oh. like all kinds of fuckery in that game that I keep forgetting about. There was a batted pass that the quarterback tried to hit down and he threw <laughs> it. He, like, he hit it to one of the DVs who returned it for a touchdown, which is like one of the greatest plays of the bowl season. I totally forgot about that. This is great. Wasn't it tipped and then he hit it up in the air again and then your guy got it right. for a so, pick six. So he threw it and it was batted, not batted down, but kind of like, you know, one of the defensive linemen batted it with his hands and went back to the quarterback who then tried to bat it down, but he batted it forward into the arms of a defensive back who returned it for a touchdown. God. Mm. The, the Brock Purdy show 
great, great stuff. I'm not sure if he's better or worse than Bo Pelini or Bo Pelini, Bo Nix, uh, who's also transferred to Oregon. One of the, one of the next teams we're talking about, actually, Oklahoma versus Oregon. Um, Oklahoma won 47 to 32 in the battle of OU schools without a head coach. Uh, Oklahoma came out on top. And like I said, Bo Nix will be playing for Dan Lanning out at uh, Oregon, which would be interesting. Bo Nix and Lanning can't get away from UGA because we open with them next year. So that'll that'll be a fun experience for both of them. Actually, probably I mean, not sure. at all, but whatever. It's like I'm sure that you know there's a lot of like players still at Oregon because of Cristobal, but it it just seems like really fast. It's become this kind of weird Auburn Georgia thing. Uh, just landing yeah. and Bo Nix and did, did he bring any like assistants that are like Georgia or Auburn related? Like I keep, nobody I that they've wonder, uh, is Mike Bobo there? Just to say yes, Mike Bobo is probably at Oregon, right? Uh, not as far as I know. I I'm sure any Oregon fans that are listening to this are probably saying, uh, "Dear God, no." Um, <laughs> as far as I know, he's not going there. Um, I haven't heard about anybody yet, which I I'm a little surprised about. But maybe they're waiting until after the the natty to talk about that um but i figured he would probably pull some like assistant strength coaches possibly and like some other like uh, offensive and defensive assistants and put them up as a assistant um i mean i'll ask uh, yeah i'll ask as a question uh you know because being an alabama fan i i I don't like paying any attention to anyone else uh and you're a georgia fan so you're basically the same uh, I hadn't really heard of Dan Landing until like the last few months, you know, when Georgia's real talked up with their defense. Yeah. Is he like, is it him? Is it more like the system and he was just the hot name here, there now? Or, I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's been thought to be a very, um, I would say a very he's charismatic, young, right? uh, charismatic coach. He's younger than us. He's like 35 or 36. Yeah. That's uh, what I he's made a pretty quick, uh, rise through the coaching ranks, which I guess speaks some to what a lot of people have said for a few years. They were like, Oh yeah, this guy's going to be a head coach. He's too good at this shit to not be one. And he, yeah. he has the gift for it. Uh, he, he's probably he, a lot better public speaker, honestly, than Saban and Kirby Smart are definitely than Dabo. Um, yeah. Like he's the kind of guy that like you listen to him and you're like, damn, I could run him through a fucking brick wall for this guy. And I don't play football like he's he's just a very likable dude uh, as far as how much of the defense is him and how much is Kirby. I mean, I yeah. think that it's probably it was, it was just. Huh. Yeah, it was just it was just a little odd. Like, I even think he had a couple of years like as a grad assistant or something in Alabama. I don't even remember him. He had a year there and then he uh I think he was a he was maybe a defensive analyst there or something and then he yeah. came to Atlanta or to uh to Georgia as an assistant. And then I mean, when um when uh Mel Tucker left they bumped him up from assistant to D C I mean best of luck <laughs> to him. I mean that's I mean the sport does need young coaches this you know, to start picking up the slack because uh, uh, everyone else is like aging out, either like dying or losing yeah. the losing their game, or I think that turning he, it uh, I think he's a smart and uh, capable coach. That's probably gonna uh, if the 
okay, well, we'll say this. If the if the Pac-12 doesn't watch out, like, I think he might kick all of their asses in recruiting uh, outside of USC just because of USC being what they are uh, in name. And even then, I feel like with what he's learned, with where he's been, um, like, I don't know that anybody else out there is going to is going to put the attention to it that that he will and that Oregon will let him do with how much money that Phil Knight has yeah. and, and that whole program. Uh, and, I, and I still want to say that like Oregon's far further ahead than like USC is right now, just because I know Cristobal had, had started to build that program up. Now I don't know if players have left or I just think he's got <laughs> probably a, a little bit further ahead uh than Lincoln Raleigh does though the problem with USC is I mean if if he can somehow like turn the recruits around it'll it'll get turned around pretty quick yep yep so we'll, we'll see how that which sucks because uh I know like us here at Alabama have enjoyed some of these California West Coast quarterbacks well, and it would it, we've enjoyed, it would be great uh, to lose them. We've enjoyed Brock Bowers from uh, Napa Valley uh, that got away from USC and Kendall Milton uh, running back, although he's uh, probably fourth string right now. Uh, next year, he won't be. Um, and uh, Darnell Washington uh, from Vegas. So, yeah, um, I think. Please that, don't. Please don't start up. It doesn't count. If USC please. gets uh, gets a lot better, I, I don't think that it really hurts uh, either of our programs that much, but. Uh, it has been nice to go out there and get one or two recruits every year that are, you know, awesome. So yeah, I yeah. I don't really see that stopping as a whole, but I think USC is going to start keeping some of them home. Anyway, sorry. Let's uh, let's skip over to the thirtieth of December. We had the Duke's Mayo Bowl uh, winner oh, of this God. game. The coach got uh, a vat or a five gallon bucket of somewhat watered-down mayo dumped on them. They, they should have had more water and less weight because they uh, they almost killed them by hitting them in with the head uh, with the bucket. I think they would have killed me just by dumping that toxic substance on me if they'd oh, done it. Yeah. Mayo is so good, man. That's so good. Especially Dukes, although, I mean, they did water it down, so I don't know. It's... Uh, uh, so, it's yeah. just the, the, the visual look and texture. It's just... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, South Carolina versus North Carolina. Uh, Car- South Carolina won 38-21. And if I was I, watching this game and didn't know, I would almost think that Mac Brown was throwing this game because he didn't want to get dunked yes. with uh, Mayo. That's that's what I was thinking. It's like, <laughs> no, I, I, I'm good. Yeah. Um, honestly, I, I don't really disagree with him there. Um, it was, uh, yeah. So- South Carolina is... Okay, this was the kind of the contrast for me in Carolina programs that are going opposite directions, where beginning of the year, we were hearing, oh yeah, UNC's on their way up, Mac Brown's got him heading in the right direction, I think that they were thought, I mean, they were thought that they could contend for the ACC, right, and potentially be a playoff team, which, I mean, there were some people saying that, that seemed unrealistic to me at the time, and it I mean, definitely seems unrealistic now, but yeah. I mean, I mean unfortunately, uh, Andrew is not here, so we can't go over our uh, <laughs> our predictions from the beginning of the season. Uh, mm-hmm. But I did predict that North Carolina would not win the Coastal this year. Yeah, did I mean, we? They, uh, 
don't this, they still have that Hal quarterback, right? Or did he go? Well, he's he's gone. I think he declared, didn't he? I think he declared. Yeah, now. I guess he probably didn't play, did he? In the bowl game. Uh, he did. We we were being Eight. told. Shit. I'm trying to figure uh, out what these notes at the top of the conference pickums are that Andrew left us. They look like cryptic notes. Um, MSU even. Hmm. That must have been from a while ago. Uh, anyway. All right. So. Sorry, that, that was really distracting. I was trying to figure out if we somehow knew what, what our uh, playoff games were going to be in week one. Because he has these in the first week, but it's off to the right side. Anyway, he's not here to uh, to explain himself. Um, I'm not sure what that was all about. Anyway, yeah, I mean, so, sorry, I had a know, strike. I, I, I knew I got Georgia wrong because I picked Georgia to win the SEC championship. But I don't remember my playoff teams. I was correct. Picked Georgia in the East and Bama to win it all. So, um, anyway, so th- this program, like I said, seemed to be a contrast of teams that are going opposite directions. South Carolina seemed, I don't think anybody had any expectations for them this year. And, um, they had, I don't think a pretty good year. They were good. I just think the d- division they play in was historically bad this year. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean wait, wait forced won it. So considering no, that they, about South Carolina, Oh, I, I, I had yeah, Carolina. I didn't. Yeah, I thought it was the other one. I thought we were talking. I thought we were talking ACC still, but ah, oh, he's talking about how South Carolina had a good year, which they did. I mean, they won like two games last year, or whatever they won. But I, yeah, I think that anything is an improvement. Yeah, I think that they. I mean, they, they their schedule is so easy this year because of the division being so bad. Well, it. Uh, I think it was only, a... what six and. They went seven and six. So um, last year they they had three wins. So I mean I think it's that uh, if you have no expectations and they actually go to a bowl game and then they win it over a team that had expectations of winning their division and possibly the ACC, however laughable now. um, Like I said, just seemed to be two programs going in different directions. I mean yeah, yeah, obviously South Carolina is. I, I wouldn't say that they'll watch out. They might win the SEC next year. Like, I'm not saying like that. Like PFF I'm just saying, said? Huh? Like PFF said? Yeah, no, that's not happening. They have a long way to go. Uh, I mean, to be like third in the East, yeah, maybe. Uh, second in the East seems like a really long shot, but um, it's good to have goals. Um, also, it helps that Shane Beamer seems like a very likable dude. Yeah. Uh, calling out Dennis Dodd uh, on Twitter was pretty funny because Dodd was on there. Dodd, like, surprise! He's a he's an ass hat. He was just showing his ass over like oh well you like basically like why why is everyone having fun with dunking Mayo after a bowl game on the winning coach and he's like you know uh, anyway so uh, Beamer kind of came back at him but it was like in. He he came out looking like the good guy, and Dodd came off looking like an asshat. So, anyway, um, Music City Bowl we had Purdue versus Tennessee. Um, I remember this one being really fun. Although I I will say with so many bowl games and just the fog of all the food I was eating at the time, I don't remember this specific game. But uh, Purdue wins forty eight to forty five in overtime. Um, 
I, I do remember that game. That was a fun game to watch. Yeah. Tennessee I remember Tennessee got screwed at the like, end of the game. They looked like they scored a touchdown in overtime, but yeah. I think he was had, like forward progress had been ruled. Yeah, that was the so that then. was the problem was that they'd ruled forward progress had been stopped, but you can see on the replay he clearly crosses the goal line. Well, wasn't he didn't cross? City. He did stop, but he reached his arm out over the goal line. Yeah, uh, so it was after they already said he was down. It sucks yep. to lose that way, though. I don't. I don't think they ruled him down. They just ruled him like forward. It was the whole thing. Was yeah, that's what I'm saying. They, they said forward progress had stopped, and then after that, he had reached his arm across. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, it's shitty I way mean, to go out, but uh, it's a real shame that Tennessee loses that way. Yeah, I keep coming back to like, I, it's Tennessee. As I have a hard time like getting myself riled up. The I mean, almost in any other situation, there was an obvious touchdown. And they got they got screwed, but it, it it still is Tennessee. So, yeah. I mean, I'm not crying over it, um, but it, it was kind of f- funny to see them uh, screwed there. Um, yeah. Funny being the the operative word here. Like I wasn't sad over Tennessee losing. There's no way. Uh, too too many beatdowns in the in the like I guess late 90s. Whenever Peyton Manning was at Tennessee, yeah, a lot oh, of beatdowns yeah. witnessed in person. Yeah. Um, uh, Peach Bowl. We had Michigan State versus Pitt. Um, this was a fun game, despite Pitt having a uh, Kenny Pickett. Um, uh, this was when he Pickett, he, Pickett opted out, and opted then out, yeah. their backup got injured, so they were on their third string quarterback. <laughs> uh, Sparty wins thirty-one twenty-one. Um, don't really remember much about this one. I remember it being kind of a snoozer, but. Like a couple of these games. All right. I don't think any of us watched that. All right. Here Las Vegas. Well, we have Wisconsin versus Arizona State. Wisconsin wins 22-13. Not imagining any of us want to talk about that. 12-31. New Year's Eve. We had the Gator Bowl. We had Wake Forest versus Rutgers, who was a surprise stand-in for insert team here, who's who I forget uh, ruled out with COVID. Who uh, was that? Uh, that was A and M. That was A and M. Yeah, they opted out like a week in advance or something like that. Yeah, they started the the whole. I don't know what you want to call it, the movement. No, I guess it, it was still only like three or four bowls out that canceled. Right? It wasn't like it wasn't were a ton. like half of them were gone. Yeah, it seemed weird to me that um, the A and M. I mean, I, I have. There's a pandemic going on. It, it did seem weird to me that A&M like kind of threw up their hands like a week or maybe 10 days in advance. It was like, oh, we got too many people to go. We're, we're, we're canceling. I mean, it was good that they did it in time to find someone else, but also it was just kind of like, yeah. Wait, but like some of the other teams or, or games that, that had happened uh, were probably definitely because of like actual cases. It's hard to like believe A&M actually did this strictly because they, you know, had players sick. This was it, a. It reminded to a, me of Michigan ducking Ohio State last year. Yeah. Personally, I mean, okay, it, COVID is serious. I'm not minimizing that. All I'm saying <laughs> is you're like seven. To, it's like scheduling a sick day, right? A week in advance to me. 
It's yeah. like, okay, I'm going to be sick next week. I need, uh, we just need to put that on the schedule. Like, okay, so, I mean, you could get some of these players back. We also had the LSU game happen last night with, what, 39 players? Yeah, uh, 39. I mean, you had, a, I think, a wide receiver playing quarterback. I don't think they had a kicker. I mean, uh, if anybody should have canceled, LSU probably should have canceled. I think, they had, I think they had three cornerbacks uh, on the entire roster. Mm. I mean, Jimbo, they did this. He didn't want to lose. Uh, he didn't want to, like, put any kind of bad image on the field to, like, hurt his ongoing recruiting because you know, he, they're trying to hold on to, like, the number one class right now. And, yeah. and I don't want anything, like, getting in the way of that. And if they're not preparing for a game, even though I, I'm pretty sure they practice, that's the other thing is, like, the teams that they practice pretty much the entire bowl prep and then like skip the game and just net free practices. Yeah. Well, but, um, I think it sucks for the kids. They, they should have had the opportunity to, to play a game and, uh, the kids should also get like way better. Like, uh, you know, you could say gifts, but you know, they could get some like commercial money for these sponsors and. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not against that. These bowl games are making a shit ton of money uh, from these, and I think we've been pretty consistent here as far as like we don't give a shit if the players make some money. So if they want to make some, uh, some money off these uh, bowl games, if they want to start paying them like I don't know, fifty thousand dollars to participate in a bowl game uh, yeah. or a playoff game each, yeah, go for it. Sure, uh, bother me any. Uh, anyway, so that was the Wake Forest Rutgers game. I can't remember if we actually said the score. Wake won thirty-eight to ten. Um, I mean, Rutgers just ha- Rutgers is not a good team. Yeah, they, they were just happy to be there. They were a five-win team. So, but I mean, that's still I think a closer game than that Kansas State LSU game, which I don't know if we're going to talk about. Uh, no, although yeah. you don't even have the New York New Year's Six bowls on here. <laughs> I forgot to put those on here. Jeez. <laughs> this is how much my heart was in this today. Uh, all right, fair enough. Uh, uh, yeah, so anyway, so that, that game happened, and I'm trying to vamp a little bit until I find uh, this New Year's Six games. All right, <laughs> so we had, uh, I guess we we can come back to the uh, playoff games since they were actually after the, or before the, the, uh, titular new year six games we had oklahoma state and uh notre dame uh playing on january the first and my page has scrolled up to the top that uh, was in the festival uh, blew a big lead at halftime indeed they were up uh 28 to 14 and lose the game uh, uh they they give up uh, how many points uh, 23 points and only score seven in the second half, so they lose thirty-seven to thirty-five. Uh, shame, I would say, for everyone. They're not good in New Year's Six bowls, as we have come to discover. Yeah, have, I, like, the question is, have they won any? They're or what, like zero and six or something like that. If I yeah, remember, right. uh, I thought it was like zero and eight or something. It's possibly. I, mean, and the, I guess probably the last New Year's Day game they they won was before like we declared this a side hustle from the playoffs i mean we're talking probably in the 90s maybe leather helmet days even 
yeah. Anyway, next game, we had the Rose Bowl. Uh, we had Utah versus Ohio State, and Ohio State won 48-45. And this game was almost the opposite. So Utah had a, had a pretty big lead, and Ohio State ended up coming back in the second half. Um, I forget what the kid's first yeah. name is, uh, but Smith Najigba from Ohio State had 347 I, receiving I think, yards. I saw, I saw people saying like Jay. J-N-S or J-S-N. I want to say it's like Justin or... Oh, Jackson. Jackson Smith. I had to click on his name. Jackson Smith Najigba from Texas. Wow, this is one that got away from Texas and A&M. Uh, so anyway, 347 yards on 15 catches. I, I just don't understand how... <laughs> 15 catches for 347 how do you yards. I I don't like know. Double cover him at that point. I don't understand. I know. Then they'll start throwing a Marvin Harrison Jr. Oh my God! This is this well, he is had beautiful. Like three touchdown catches, which is... this is beautiful. Look, look at look at this. Uh, the quarterback from Utah had. Uh, oh wait, that no, that's rushing. Okay, I thought that that was his passing totals. I was like, wait, what? I saw ninety-two yards, and I was like, what? <laughs> That was his uh, his rushing total was uh, ninety two yards and like eleven attempts or something like that. Okay, that's uh, that's a little bit better. Yeah, he had two hundred fourteen yards. Uh, still, then you had C J Stroud that had five hundred and like seventy three yards or something like that. So quite a, a difference in quarterbacks there. Um, if uh, Andrew were on here, he could talk about this game. Alas, he is bowling, so he cannot. Um, we had the Sugar Bowl. I thought that. This game was going to be much more exciting than it actually was. Is this the Ole Miss game? Yeah, Baylor and Ole Miss. Um, Baylor won twenty-one to seven. So Ole Miss with uh, with the genius over there, uh, Lane Kiffin, scored seven points. Uh, well, granted, Matt Coral uh, was injured, so or goes out. It, injured it was, it was, and it was a real early. Um, that's that was really the story of the game. It's like, oh uh, well, LSU's. I'm sorry, Ole Miss is done. And they were done, and they were yes. Uh, I don't think, I don't think they were really planning to have any other quarterback play this year. I, I don't. I, it was this guy wasn't a walk on? I don't think, but I don't know if he was like highly thought of. Whoever whoever this backup was. I mean, it's uh, it's Ole Miss. So I'm going to say probably not. Uh, he's from Starkville, Mississippi. Luke Altmeyer. Oh, so he's a. Uh... Is a, a Dan Mullen special, UT Chattanooga, UT Chattanooga. Probably. I might assume they're going to try to find somebody else to be their quarterback next year, and it will not be him. But we'll see. Yeah. That or Elaine just uh, uh, just. I leaves. mean, he had the whole off season to get it together, but I don't know. I mean, he probably purposely like emptied his room, his quarterback room, to see if he can like use that as an enticement to get the Arch Manning to come there, but. I mean, it's a lot to expect from a true freshman, but uh, yeah, maybe. Well, also, Arch Manning isn't until 2023, so. Oh, yeah. God, that's right. Yeah, he's. it's not this year. Um, yeah. I keep thinking anyway. it is, but you're, you're right. Nope. There's a lot of schools that feel real good about Arch Manning as well, and I don't know that Ole Miss is the top from what I've heard. Anyway, there's a long way to go. There's a whole year. Um, also, he's just a... And this pulls pull so. that uh, the guy that went to Ohio State then the Quinn, Texas, yeah, Quinn Ewers or whatever, yeah, the kid that I feel like is never gonna do anything, but we'll see if he actually does anything at Texas. 
I feel like he's going to yeah. be another um, uh, uh, Tathan. Yeah. I feel like he's going to be another Tathan. Like completely overhyped coming out of high school and not just just not be a college quarterback. Anyway, we'll see what happens. Your Citrus Bowl, we had Iowa and Kentucky, and uh, yeah, this was uh, this was like watching paint dry. Uh, Kentucky wins twenty to seventeen. Um, I think both of these teams are kind of like the mode of you know, let's not wear we ourselves out too much. We need to pace ourselves. We can't go over more than seven points in a quarter, and that's pretty much what they did. Uh, Iowa scores zero in the first quarter, three in the second, seven in the third, seven in the fourth, Kentucky, seven in the first, six in the second, zero in the third, and seven in the fourth quarter. So um, exactly. <laughs> we were being alerted to a uh, diligent listener. Iowa punted on fourth and one while going for the lead at the end of the fourth. Um, yeah, that, that basically summarizes this game. So uh, this is game of uh <laughs> two coaches kind of going about things the the same the same way in a, in a lot of ways I, I i don't know um it's not great football to watch um although mark stoop seems uh, more likable than kirk ferentz seems like kind of a dick but whatever um i think that's enough said about that all right uh your next game we had the outback bowl uh, and then we'll get into the playoffs so uh penn state and Arkansas. <laughs> what is and, Penn State doing in, in a New York Six bowl game? Uh, <laughs> losing, losing apparently. Uh, yeah, they. Uh, I mean, what's their record? Like seven and six, or six and seven, or seven and six. Uh, they uh, they lost to Arkansas, who is now nine and four on the year, and uh, Arkansas won twenty four to ten. Um, this, which bowl was it? The this Outback. Is the Outback. That's not really a New Year's Six bowl. Well, it's a New Year's Bowl. It's the it's bowl uh, on the New Year's Day. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like the even more still like this game usually has like nine nine game winning teams, you know, or ten ten game ten win <laughs> ten wins nine wins. I mean, like halfway decent teams, or we're having them host All right. a seven and six team. Listen, Tell buddy, me... they had they had a um <laughs> they had a team in the playoffs, and then their second best team was in. Uh, the Fiesta Bowl or whatever bowl they played in. I don't even remember. Rose Bowl. Tell, and so uh, after that, it's kind of a drop-off, man. They got to put someone there. All right, tell me, tell me this. Is Sean Clifford from Penn State not the Big Ten's Bodnicks without the chaos? That, can I say there's probably several Bodnickses in the Big Ten? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just a bunch of underwhelming white undersized quarterbacks? Like how, <laughs> how many Bodnickses are on Nebraska? <laughs> yeah adrian martinez or whatever uh you, you got what's his <laughs> like name at wisconsin years. uh you got i'm sure that that minnesota has one i mean they're <laughs> you know that that dude's a that, that that's a, a white ass quarterback wait wait, wait 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 minnesota has one as a coach <laughs> oh yeah we're yeah <laughs> row the boat um yeah you, you know the big 10 school like the Oh man, it's a, a whole bunch of uh, Big Ten bonixes. Yeah, outside of CJ Stroud, that That's is. Can we like translate the the B one G into like a bonix? Like, well, does B stand for bow? Yeah, pretty sure it does. Um, 
Yeah, God, Sean Clifford. I, I, like, I feel like he, he should just hard. stop tormenting uh, Penn State fans and just go. Like, just go and be an accountant or whatever you're going to do. Maybe go sell real estate. He looks like a real estate agent. Go do that. Um, leave, leave them alone. They've endured enough, or have they? I don't know. Depends now, on your perspective. Now, you, you can win national championships while looking and, and end up being like a insurance agent like uh, Jacob Coker. Yeah. So That is true, but uh, you're, you're going to need a better coach and, than uh, James and, Franklin. Uh, you know, Stetson Bennett in a, a couple of years, too, as well. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, not, not on the the insurance salesman or accountant side of things. He's for sure going to be doing that. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway. So yeah, the Penn state losing to Arkansas and, uh, another very likable coach in the sec. I'm not used to this, but Arkansas and uh, South Carolina both have very likable coaches. Also, I, I came across a random thought the other day. I am very happy that Sam Pittman did not go to Tennessee because then, because uh, Pittman is not only likable, he's i think he's a really good coach um i mean i don't know if he's ever going to get the top recruits there but he's punching above his weight at uh at arkansas and, and he had, uh, that's, he that's what you have to have Yikes. i mean that's what they had with houston nut i mean he's yeah. a joke he you know he always was a joke but he punched above his weight yep and um yeah, watch out for Arkansas next year. They they could be one of those teams that uh, that knocks off a top top team for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean they they were. I mean I, I think we it, we ended up beating them pretty well this year, but it was still not like a, a worry free game for me. Then again, I, I don't it, think it was. I mean, it was a close game on Alabama. I mean, it was like a. I mean, I want to say that they did score like two touchdowns near the end of the game. It was further apart, but it still ended up as like a seven point game. Yeah. So, of course, so was Auburn and <laughs> I think LSU. I mean, uh, it was a bad November for Alabama. It, it, they still yeah. won, but it was bad. I, uh, I I do like Sam Pittman, though. I hope he does well in every game we don't play him. All right. That's um, reasonable. Let's see. I think that was all of those games. So let's go back and talk about the playoffs. So, playoffs, uh, we had uh, the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, we do. Alabama versus Cincinnati. Um, Alabama kind of just uh, came out there. They won 27-6, so we'll go ahead and get that uh, score out of the way. Um, it seemed like they um, they were correct in deciding when they came out there, and Cincinnati could not stop a nosebleed with rushing. That they were Alabama was just, just going to do that, especially since uh, Cincinnati actually has good corners, and they can't stop the run. That seemed to be the game plan, and I can't fault that. I mean, what do you think, Mike? It it was like the lowest amount of pass attempts Alabama's tried, you know. So mm-hmm. we definitely like we just didn't really care to actually test their defensive backs. I feel like and Alabama we was still kind of like running a very just, vanilla offense just to it, yeah. I mean, it's like the scores between these two games. I mean, you haven't talked about the other one, or like the distance apart is basically the same. The score was very close to the same. I think Georgia, Michigan, like has some both had touchdowns at the end of the game. Um, but it was much, much boring game. I will say that at least for me, people say that it was a yeah. it was a closer game, and and it really wasn't. It just no, it was never it was never in doubt. No, yeah, I, I honestly never 
not, neither game yeah. was ever in doubt really but yeah no yeah no brian well, robinson we, lo- looks good i i'm assuming he was over 200 yards on the game he had to be right yeah it's like i think over 220 i mean it was his yeah. highest output of the season yeah he, so he was looks, like um looks healthy yeah that's really the main positive <clears throat> though there's multiple negatives always coming back to injuries we had Two, like at least two offensive linemen, which I need to actually go and see if there were what the status is. But two mm-hmm. offensive linemen went down in the game with what looked like bad injuries, which is not needed for the one one final game coming up. Yeah, but it was. Yeah, it. I feel like with offensive linemen, those dudes are always dealing with some kind of nagging injury, yeah. and they just put a shit ton of tape on their legs and braces, yeah, like, and they just shuffle them out there anyway if they, they need to. Yeah, they, rat, they ratchet down the uh, the knee braces and yeah, tighten and, those and, things up. Yeah, yeah it's like they can't move but like one direction forward. Well, I mean, those guys are. I mean, your offensive linemen on the team are generally the smartest dudes on the team, and probably the toughest dudes on the team too. So I. I think Alabama will be fun on, on offensive line this week. I think that they did have, didn't they have an injury with a DB or or two maybe? I there was game? one there was one second where I thought the battle was going to be like, well I, I I remember probably the one you're thinking of. We had a safety I thought get hurt pretty bad, but he came back in four or five plays later and and okay. seemed fine. I, I, uh, Jalen Armour Davis is probably who you're talking about. He he had been injured like in the bowl practice with some like a hip flexor and you probably know how that works better than I do. I think that's like a, just more of a uh, nagging ongoing injury that it's hard to get over. Right. That's how I kind of understand it. It seems very painful. Yeah. And I, my understanding is that it's kind of a nagging injury and I don't think it's going to be fixed in a, in a week. They'll probably try to yeah. rehab them as much as possible. And that's what they were doing. And it was like before this, Cincinnati game and it was kind of a surprise that okay he's going to give it a go and he gave it a go for like a drive and I think on that drive he gave up a a real bad long play that is like he, he couldn't turn on a dime wait yeah, they said that, um, yeah yeah sorry I uh, was looking yeah Jalen Norman Davis he said a little hip injury Saban said um, yeah. and they said with him out uh, I, I do and like that, that uh, he, after that drive, he he went out and he never came back. So I know we played with like without the number one and two cornerback. Like I didn't even realize Josh, I think it's Josh Job, yeah, that he had he had surgery like after the Auburn or after the Georgia game. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even realize that. And so he's he's not going to. So we're probably going to be down the top two cornerbacks, uh, which is not great because you need them to know what they're doing, but. On the plus side is we did have a, a lot of like freshmen and sophomore like super talented cornerbacks. They just you know they're they're freshmen, so a smart quarterback, which Stetson Bennett is, he maybe might might not be so talented, but he is pretty smart with like yeah where to go with the ball that could come into effect. Yeah, it, uh, we'll we'll see where where that goes. Uh, it does. I mean, he's got. Uh... Brock Bowers is kind of, um, Oh God, he's on, he's, uh, I don't really know how to describe him, but if you haven't 
seen him. I'm not saying he's Kyle uh, Pitts from Florida last year, but he he's, has that same kind of effect where he's like, okay, am I going to put a linebacker on him? Because a linebacker can't keep up with him. If I Am I going to put a DB on him? He's just going to, like, he, he can out-jump both of them. He, he's faster than a linebacker. Yeah. So... I mean, there's... You don't, com- don't want to compare, like, him to, like, any specific person and say it's a one-to-one, but he's like a... He's, he's a, like he's that? A, he's a Julio Jones. He's a Randy Moss. He's like, he changes the game for the other team. Well, and, yeah, and he's not really... I don't know what his... Like... If I was on the other team, I'd be terrified because, uh, like, it, if okay, if if he was on the other team, I don't know who I would put on him with Georgia. I I, I think my thing with him would be I would probably try to I would almost try to chip him at the line, um, yeah, as a defensive player, just try to uh to try to get him off his route and disrupt that timing enough uh to where they they could get home with Stetson Bennett, um. But, um, you know, aside from him, they've got George Pickens' comeback. Um, he hasn't done a lot of catches. He he played a decent amount last week. He, had, he, he just had, one... had, like, <laughs> mean stuff, like, you know, shush, yeah. shushing the <laughs> God, that, and... he He shushed the Michigan sideline last week and pancakes the DB across from him and then shushes the Michigan sideline right after. <laughs> I, think he, I, think he, hilarious. I think he can shush the player on the ground after he pancaked him. God, he's he's a funny kid. He he still he he had one catch last week that was a kind of a crucial catch. He's he's more of a physical um, wide receiver. I guess he might be if you're comparing him to like a. I mean, he's not either of them. If you're comparing him to Julio Jones or AJ Green, he's more like Julio because he's a little more physical. Um, yeah. AJ Green's probably got a little bit more ball skills, even though Julio was still great. He was just more physical. Like Julio is a bigger dude. Yeah. Uh, George Pickens, and, just, and Julio, he just like yeah. he just walled he, off sure a DB last a week. Help, uh, Pickens probably helps out a lot in receiving blocking, which yeah. no 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 receiver really wants to do. But it's so he critical. seems to really enjoy it. Um, yeah, he he likes to he likes it's to make to those find. defensive backs look like idiots out there. It's hard to find, but when you find them, you love them I mean, because uh, your best years run is when you have a, at least one good receiver that likes to blow up, you know, safeties yeah. and cornerbacks. Because if I you get if, that, because uh... because on most running plays, they're like can be like the most critical person to block. Yeah, but they're impossible to block with anyone else. I wonder if, uh, well, if Andrew's listening to this, he's going to hate this next phrase, but uh, it might, might be a little bit like Heinz Ward with his ability yeah. as a receiver to block uh, DBs. Uh, maybe not quite as dirty as Heinz Ward was, but mm-hmm. uh, um, I think things went a little further back then. You could get away with oh. more yeah. uh, than, than you can now. Like he would have been kicked out of numerous games uh, by this point. Also, former UGA guy that was uh, highly unappreciated back in the day, but that was back in the in the dark days. So his talents were wasted. He was a Ray <laughs> Golf, Ray Golf player, probably. Uh, he might have been Donnan, but uh, the, those years were pretty wasted as far as uh, beating it bad was, teams. The nineties were bad for y'all. Uh, yeah, Donnan was uh, was great at offense. No, nope, uh, nope. you defense. did have um, you did have Eric Zier, if I remember right. He was pretty good. Yeah, he's a great quarterback. He's our color commentator now. Um, anyway, so anything else on this before we move on to the next one? We still got to do a preview. Oh, um, which we basically were doing uh, half doing. Yes. I don't, 
I don't really have much that I could say we learned in this in this game. We it was we probably ran with the, the we we're playing a group of five team plan. Don't get, try try not to you know get ourselves injured, which kind of failed. And just get out of there with yeah. a win, and that's what we did. I mean, you, I think most coaches, if they realize that I've got to just get through this game and I'm in the natty again and I can run the ball the whole day, that's all I'm going to do. Shit, do. I would do that every game if I could. I would just run yeah. the ball and get it's out of there easy, in like two hours. It's so easy if you because you really only need like seven players. Well, you know, it, five linemen, quarterback, it, give the ball to the running back. It shortens the game too, which reduces your possibility of injuries. Uh, although, I mean, obviously uh, Alabama still had some injuries. Some yeah. things happen, but uh, you know, it, it still reduces your possibility for injuries. If you shorten the game. Um, and also uh, a couple of bad things can happen when you throw the ball, et cetera, et cetera, as the, yeah. as the saying goes. Yeah. Um, so let's move on to the uh, Georgia Michigan game. Um, this game was never really uh, in doubt. Like I said, I think I went to, I had to run out with my girlfriend to Kroger to get uh, a couple things. Uh, for to make a dessert at halftime, I think UJ was up seventeen nothing at the time, or twenty four nothing, something like that. It probably and changed by the time you got back too. Probably. Um, actually, we we were pretty quick. Also, the halftime for these things is not like fifteen minutes. I think it was like around half an hour. So we left and got back, and halftime was still going. So yeah, that was yeah. Uh, that was fun. Also, I was a little worried about uh, going to Kroger at this moment with how COVID is and uh, in Georgia. And I wasn't sure how that was going to go, but there were like four or five people there, including us uh, on new year's Eve at that time of day, because you know, shocker in Athens during a football game. Yeah. Nobody's going out to the store. Um, except for us. Yeah. Apparently. The most you'll see is like gas stations or like drive throughs that yeah, are like in the- open up. <laughs> That there were like only a few workers in there, and one kid was at the checkout, and he was watching the the halftime or whatever on his phone. Yep. So he clearly did not want to be there. Um, I, I get it. Felt bad for him. Anyway, so uh, this game was uh, was. I mean, it was great as a George fan. You know, as a Michigan person, um, I would have probably come to the cl- conclusion that they were just completely outclassed uh, talent wise. Um, they looked really good in the Big Ten. They did not belong on the same field. That doesn't mean that they didn't belong to be in the playoffs. I'm just saying that like it was not a competitive I game. Mean, I could I could say that, but I would also say that for Cincinnati. But well, I mean, both teams deserve to be there, but there was clearly a different level of uh, of skill there. And it was funny that uh, I forgot to post this in the Discord. I I saved the photo, but I wasn't going to post it about it. Until the game was over, and then I forgot. Uh, their their offensive linemen who won the Joe Moore Award walking in, we're all wearing shirts uh, saying "Run the damn ball." Um, their quarter or their running back Haskins ended up with fifty five yards on the game, and that's basically their um, their entire offense is running because McNamara is not really the guy that you want leading. I mean, he's another Bo Nix, right? In the big 10. He's yeah. They're big 10 Bo Nix. Um, totally fine. He's definitely not going to wow you. Um, 
I mean, the other kid that they have, JJ McCarthy, is a, a true freshman. He's he's the one they they should really go with next year, but I, yeah. I don't think they're going to. It really just seemed like their team was built on the defense, like you know, demolishing the other team, getting turnovers, getting sacks. And, yeah, they. Uh, um, it didn't work. No, it didn't. Uh, UG had some some good plans with that, so I think that they went off script uh, quite a bit, which was how you know you you want to go away from your tendencies because you know the other team's going to plan for that. So they, uh, you know, the the game plan had pretty much been well. UG is probably going to run on first down. Um, they threw a lot on first down, and they had a ton of success on it in this game. And they ran down the middle, and there were huge holes, and they could not. Um, they they just could not stop the run. They really couldn't stop much of anything, but it, it seemed like everything was clicking. So I guess what I would say, and I'm not trying to be dismissive of Michigan in any way, but it reminded me a lot of the Kentucky game this year. Um, like the two teams, as far as what Kentucky wants to do and what Michigan wants to do, they're very similar. And yeah. I d- never felt in either game that we were in any they, they were, risk of they're losing. Too, they're too easy to make one-dimensional because they kind of want to be one-dimensional a little bit. Yeah, and I think that this was a, a return to how UJ had been in the first twelve games of the year, where um, they yeah the Georgia offense was buried. Like, Georgia makes you one dimensional in the way you don't want to. You know, your team wants to. You know, say you're a running team. Georgia's going to make you want to pass, and you don't know how to pass because you are your running team. Yeah. Um, well, and I, I think in this case they they had to pass because they they went down so much, and yeah. um, so. Which I, I think in this game, though, I think that everything was clicking on offense and the, the defense was uh, was back to kind of how it how it had been. I think that they um, they probably changed a little bit too much for the Alabama game, trying to be um, trying to be too different. Um, well, they they need to they need to change some some things from their last performance, but um this was kind of more of their comfort zone as far as how they want to play on defense. And I think that they tried to do, uh, they, they went away in the sec championship game a little bit from what they had done all year. And it did not, uh, obviously go well for them on hey, defense. Tom, how, how you doing, Tom? You doing all right, Tom? Living the dream. Fellas, living the dream. Blink if you're still. There's a, a third person here somewhere. <laughs> I don't have a lot to contribute to this uh, discussion, unfortunately. Uh, so, you know. All right. Um, yeah. So, anyway, so let, let me. Uh, uh, for some reason, that reminded me to check the inbox and see if uh, see if your girlfriend had emailed us. I uh, don't see anything in there yet, so we're we're good. Um, anyway, so yeah, it, that that was pretty much the game. Uh, Stetson Bennett had a. Really good night. Had three hundred like fifty yards or something like that. That passing and no turnovers and a few TDs passing. Um, yeah, good night. And then yeah, the the thing the thing I noticed like after both games that happened, like the the total offense for like Alabama and Georgia were relatively close in just the overall numbers, but realizing that we did it the you know polar opposite. We we just ran the ball. Y'all y'all threw the ball like the same amount of yards as we ran and, and just kind of. I think that UGA needed to get humming again uh, yeah. on offense and they, they used this game. So they're coming in where you would like to be if you're, 
if you're Georgia. And to Alabama's credit, they've been humming uh, the last few games on offense. So um, they just needed to get through that game as quickly as possible. <laughs> so yeah. both, both were valid strategies, and I think that they accomplished what they needed to, if that makes sense. Um, all right. Anyway, let's, uh, I think that's enough on these games. Um, congrats to Michigan and Cincinnati for the seasons y'all had, and we'll see how you do next year. Maybe Harbaugh won't be back. There are some rumors now about him going pro, as there seems to be always often. rumors. <laughs> yeah, he's probably going to get a pay raise, as usually happens when your team makes it to the playoffs. It's like you right. figure we did, we were past the whole pay raise stuff after Mel Tucker. You know, the Mel Tucker pay raises. Oh, no, no, no. Rich. Anybody that's been in the postseason, it, it, once they're done, now it's time to talk money. Uh, except yeah. in his case, he, he got that money before uh, before they – did they win? Yeah, they, they won against Pitt. Yeah, we already talked about that. All right. Yep. All right, so uh, game is Monday, uh, starting at 8, allegedly, which is going to be more like 8.30. And so this game is not going to be – and this is Eastern, so this game is not going to be over until probably about 12.30 or 1. Yep. Tuesday yeah. morning. Yeah. If past national it, championships are on, it's on a Monday, it's, it's, not, it's mm-hmm. on a Monday. It's not a holiday, so I mean, what could go wrong? Time. Yeah, and I don't think I want to burn a uh, vacation day this early in the year, so I'm just gonna be tired the next day. It is what it is, um, yeah. and then I probably won't be able to sleep uh, for quite a while afterwards either way, um, just because of nerves. If you get whatnot. blown out, you can always just go to sleep early. So there's that. But if it's close, that's gonna be. Like last time, that's gonna be a bummer. Tom, do you think I'm the kind of fan that's gonna go to bed early if there's a blowout? No, I I'm mean, gonna sit yeah, there. You will. Like two thirds of the Georgia Alabama game last the last time. So I will punch I myself if, in the dick until it's over. I don't know why you would do that. If it's like after eleven and you're down by like three touchdowns, why are you staying up? Because I'm a Georgia fan. Pain I, I, is I, what I, we like, know. I, I get that, but you're gonna be up anyways. So you might as well just like lay in your bed and just like you know, go through all those scenarios in your head instead of just like mm. sitting and watching the TV and doing it. Cause at least that way, maybe <laughs> you might fall asleep during. All right. Anyway. So Alabama opens as one point favorite, uh, as of this afternoon, uh, Georgia's three point favorite, according to Vegas. Um, maybe they more, know more than I do. Um, I'm assuming that they're, uh, well, clearly Vegas is putting more on how Georgia behaved the entirety of the season than in the last matchup. Uh, if they're giving them three points right now, um, so I put a couple preview things in here. Um, the stats of war dude, uh, TCU dude. Um, so if you follow him on Twitter, sorry, stats, O, the letter O war, uh, he does these previews and win probability shit for, uh, for every game in the regular season. And then the, the bowl games as well. <clears throat> so he has, uh, he's projecting Alabama win with 35.04, Projected points, uh, Georgia with 30.19 win probability for, like, or I'm just rounding up to 64% for Alabama. Um, Not going to really going to go through the, sorry. Do you remember what he had last time? He had about the same thing. Okay. I I can't remember the exact, but I think he had Alabama by a few points. Um, And just as a, so there's a whole bunch of numbers and stuff. I think we pretty much know what both of these teams are. At this point, uh, they're pretty much at the top of the of the country and on offense and defense, um, and some of the intricacies and how they, you know, their EPA per rush on either side of the ball kind of basically spells out the differences in the projected points here. 
um, BCF Toys, which is Brian Freemall, his team, or maybe it's just him. I'm not sure really, really who. Um, he has the game as going uh, Georgia 33.3 points and Alabama 25.2. So kind of uh, opposite, but a little bit slightly bigger spread, I guess. That's, that's around eight points versus five for this one. Um, it's essentially the same thing. The FEI ratings, which is also them, have um, UGA at one and Alabama at uh, two. And offensive FEI, he has them at three and two for Bama. So fairly comparable on offense. Um, as a comparison, Ohio State is number one on offense. Defensive FEI is one for Georgia and six for Alabama. So both very close teams. Um, that is all that I have preview-wise. I feel like we've said a lot of what we were going to say in our reviews of the of Yeah, that's usually how the playoff games. I do it, so. Because I really so, don't have anything else to say. I mean, yeah, um, I don't really either. Uh, do we want to do a? Uh, I, I, we've only got one game to talk about here. We don't have Andrew on here. Uh, do we want to go ahead and put in predictions for who we think is going to win? Uh, I will. I will pick Alabama until Georgia beats Alabama. So I'll, yeah, that's what I'll stick with. Yeah, I mean, I could say the same. Um, I just keep thinking. I keep coming back to like, how we. There is the possibility of like you know, not being able to win the rematches. That's unknown thing, but I don't know. Uh, I know well, it'll, I'm. It'll suck to lose the, the Georgia, but um, it'll happen eventually. Uh, yeah. Weekend, but uh, I hope it doesn't. <laughs> Sure. This is, I would say, probably Alabama's worst team. Well, I don't. I mean, I'm sure the, the team's good. I, I think maybe most injured, most vulnerable. I, I would say team. We're, yeah. So if uh, if if Georgia the, can't win last, now, I don't know if they will ever. Of like the last five years, yes, it's the most vulnerable version of Alabama. I I don't know if I would say that because Georgia was there was here a few years ago when our team was not nearly as talented as it is now. So, and played them within what three three points or whatever that was. Um, so I, 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 I wouldn't say that. say that. A lot of a lot of that issue of that year, and it's 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 hard to say because you know Jalen Hurts is like a playoff winning or not winning yet, not yet but a playoff quarterback in the NFL, but he was kind of not ready or not. Well, I'd also say, I think the Eagles are winning in spite of him, not because of him. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's fair. Sorry. sorry yeah. In the video game. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll see where it goes, but I, uh, and... the, the Alabama team was like that year was, was struggling with, quarterback issues and that turned up in that game but we did the whole like two uh, at halftime thing which worked out yeah um down quite a bit at halftime and they kind of had to make a change there because that game i think that jalen had like less than 100 yards at halftime if i remember right and one or two turnovers if i remember right so yeah i mean they they kind of had to make a change there because i don't think anybody saw that changing after halftime with Jalen in there, uh, things were not clicking for him in that game. 
for whatever reason. Um, yeah, until Georgia beats them, uh, it's not that I don't think that we will. It's just that I haven't seen it lately. And so, um, and also I just don't like to pick my own team. So I'm going to say Alabama. Um, does that mean that we shouldn't win the game or that we can't win the game? No, it doesn't. It doesn't really mean that. Uh, it's just that uh, recent history um, and all that. <clears throat> and also just me being pessimistic about my own team where I worry about every single game. So um, definitely not picking my own team in this one. Uh, so Mike, you're picking Alabama as well. Yeah. Okay. Close. Well, it's funny because I got, I mean, I purposely slept through most of the first game because I, I, I mean, I, I bought into the, well, I, I don't want to say I bought into the Georgia hype because Georgia still always is and still is a good team. All right. Um, yeah. And, and Alabama is, you know, is struggling at times and they're very, they're up and down. Uh, but well, it's also, I, also like I, we we won by like eighteen points or eighteen or twenty points like in the last month, and it's hard to like say we're you know we're now way worse and and y'all are way better. The question so, is whether that was more of an outlier for uh for Alabama or for UGA in that game. Uh, looking at the year on a whole, I would probably tend to side with that game being more of an outlier of uh, of UGA on that day. Uh, clearly, Alabama played much better that day. But, I mean, we, um, Alabama. Well, I mean, Alabama didn't run the ball because we didn't have any running backs, and Bryce Young had a, a good passing game, and he's had multiple he passing games because he won the Heisman. I mean, it wasn't just the Georgia game. So it's it it, it came down to like if. If if Georgia's, uh, I'm trying to put together a thought. Uh, I got a zodiac cutscene, so I got about 20 seconds to actually think of something. And now I can't. Anyway, I I think Alabama's offense is still good enough to score 20 points on on a real tough Georgia defense. It probably won't score as many as the last game, but I, I don't no. know if Georgia. I don't know if Georgia's offense would score as many in uh, in this game as it did last game. I think we will score more than we did last game, and I think that you guys score less. Whether those two, uh, whether those numbers are are enough to lead to a Georgia win, uh, I'm not sure. But I don't think that Alabama scores as much as they did last time. And like I said, I think that we score more. Um, for various reasons, I do not think that uh, the I think that this last week was was really good to have the performance that they did this last week, um, right before this game, and I think that it showed the team. Uh, I think that they may have even had some doubts about themselves, and they they heard a lot of talking after that game about how they weren't shit, about how they beat bad teams all year. And about how they they weren't any good, that they were overrated, all this other shit everybody's saying. And I think they came out there with a point to prove. And I think that they not only wanted to show everybody else that they that they were a good team, but I think that it may have also helped them uh, to to shake off those uh, cobwebs, so to speak. So I think that the uh, Michigan provided a, a good. Um, 
stepping stone or whatever you want to say. Anyway, I think that we probably said about as much on that as we can. We don't have any questions this week. We don't have any emails. I suppose we'll come back for this next week or possibly the week after if we want to give it a break. I'm not sure, but we do need to do something. Um, I'm not going to lie. At this point, after we missed so much time, I didn't really even feel like coming back for tonight. But uh, Here I figured we, we should do some kind of a preview yeah, before the, the final game. <laughs> I, I would hope ob- that it would seem obvious as well here because you know I'm 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 doing the uh, the don't let I him think, behind the curtain. Holly, don't let him behind the curtain. Holly Anderson, like, Holly Anderson really likes to play video like Mario Kart while doing the podcast. Well, that's I'm not playing Mario Kart, but I'm playing something else. And this and podcast has my full content. attention. Still trying to give some kind of like a attempt at like coherent senses and i'm probably failing really badly but yeah no you're fine uh i was just saying yep because uh uh i don't know it's like saying um anyway so uh that is it for this week uh hopefully we'll be back next week or the week after at some point when we feel like talking about the last game um and there's some recruiting shit going on uh there's 995 sites that you can uh pay to follow all that if you want um if you really care that much about high schoolers and what they may or may not do at your at your school, um, I mean, I guess or don't it, pay attention. Maybe that that also works. It does work. I mean, it does. Uh, good recruits do um, do tend to to lead to good results. I think you'll you see the difference in the playoff games this week. You see the difference in the the caliber of players that are on. Oh, the field. I mean, recruiting works. I'm just saying, like yeah. for yourself, paying it you know, year, year long attention to nope. what's going on in a 17 and 18 year olds minds. Uh, Just maybe. make yourself angry. I, yeah. I've, I've like looked at it more as, uh, as the years go on. I just kind of say, kind of see where we ended up and see if they addressed the, the needs as far as like, okay, we kind of sucked at one position this year. Did we address that in the, in the recruiting? Okay, cool. All right, cool. And that, that's about the extent of it. You know, um, I guess we did forget to mention, before we uh, break for the end of the episode, uh, Caleb Williams is going to be transferring somewhere from Oklahoma. Yeah, I, I um, kind of thought, well, I mean, I might not have said his name, but I, I did throw out like a, you know, Oklahoma's got like. Yeah, everybody's transferring. Yep. Teams transferring. Like it, Caleb Williams is the big name, but I didn't realize, I think one of their main receivers. Yeah, Jaden Hazelwood is uh, transferring. He was going to come to Georgia and he ended up flipping to Oklahoma when he signed there like last minute back then. Um, I forget where he said he was going. He's like, it's like some ACC team. I, I forget where he was going. Um, uh, I want to say Wake Forest, but I'm not sure if it was Wake. I, I don't know. Anyway, I could Google that right now uh, if I wanted to, but I don't really care that much. Uh, it sounds like Caleb Williams might actually he everybody a day or two ago was saying he's going to end up at Georgia. Some of the um this podcast uh one of the recruiting like beat writer things they were saying that they had not heard that that they don't think he's coming there but with recruiting and all this other stuff they basically said yeah you never know he he might end up coming but uh we'll see what happens and then today they were there was a bunch of smoke about him going to usc so we'll see who ends up with him uh if he does come to georgia you're gonna see like two or three quarterbacks transfer out probably Um, yeah Wherever he goes, he's gonna clear. He's gonna clear out the quarterback room, probably. So, yeah. 
that uh, I guess about does it. Send us emails to podcast at academicallyineligible.com. If you want to give us updates on your own personal assembly line, please do that. <laughs> and uh, give Andrew a hard time for uh, skipping the podcast to go bowling. Who does that? Not only in the year 2022, which sounds weird to say, but also in the year of Omicron being uh, what it is right now. Uh, wave eight. Wave eight of COVID. Yeah, stay safe out there. Get your shots, please, uh, so we can get through this shit. I'm tired of it, and I know everybody else is. So uh, hang in there and enjoy one more uh, college football game before the, what, nine-month off-season-ish, something like that. And uh, then we won't have anything to look forward to for quite a while. Anyway, all that being said, talk to you next time. And tune in another uh, tune in next time for another episode of the Academically Ineligible Podcast. Peace. Our intro song is called Tech It. The author is Pipe Choir. The song is available at pipechoir.com. And this is using the Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 International License. Thank you.